Hello and welcome to the one and only of this season winning episode of The Love Boat. I'm your host, Matt Johnson. And no Carter this week, but with me is Preet Shaw and our new buddy Santana we met on Twitter. Uh, how's it going, man? And just if you want to introduce yourself, let us know what you talk about on Twitter or anything else you got going on. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Santana. I'm well known on Twitter for being right about all of my Vikings predictions, including TJ Hawkinson being useless, Kevin O'Connell being a golden retriever, and Quasey being a con man. I can argue with two of those. Well, <laughs> I, I, look forward, I, I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have my uh, hype man, Carter, yeah. but we'll be good this week. Um, Preet, how's it going? How was your, uh, your colonoscopy this morning? It was, like I said, like I alluded to earlier, rough, man. Woke up uh, <laughs> after the anesthesia. I had to wake up at 3 to like get everything ready. Uh, got to the hospital at 6, had it at like 7, woke up at 9, and an elderly man was feeding me ginger ale with a straw. So that was a, truly an experience. Uh, funny enough, that guy was on Michael Jordan's high school basketball team. Didn't believe him until he showed me a picture of him and Michael in the yearbook. So, Hey, you got one positive thing out of it. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, you know, doing doing okay. Doing okay if I don't say so myself. Starting the episode with a good HIPAA violation. Um, let's <laughs> talk about the Vikings actually winning a game and a one score game at that, technically. Do you count that as one score, eight points? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one score. Yeah. So the Vikings beat the Panthers twenty one to thirteen. They are now one and three with uh there's no light at the end of the tunnel on the schedule like coming up, but you know, one win. Is it the end of the world that we won a game if they are possibly a bottom three team in the NFL? I mean, Santana, we can start with you. You're the guest. How are you feeling about this team kind of on a blanket level? And then also about like, you know, maybe the Vikings throwing the chance to draft Caleb. Um, I think that Sunday was the worst thing to happen to Vikings football in recent <laughs> memory. That. And I legitimately no hyperbole think it set the team back 15 years in one full swoop. We ruined our chance to get Caleb Williams, ditched any, you know, possible tank for the season, and improved the Chicago Bears' chance of getting Caleb Williams. All so that Kevin O'Connell could get a good night's rest. I will say this season has skewed my perspective on Kevin O'Connell a bit. And uh, he's definitely a golden retriever. That's the one I can agree with you on. But that's the, that's the one that's like, honestly, the least obvious one. But I, I mean, Kevin O'Connell, the problem this year has been coaching or at least a lack of preparation. I think that falls on Kevin O'Connell and the staff. Um, um, the truth maybe, about KOC is that he has been this bad all along. He had one kind of good game against the Packers week one. He was extremely lucky throughout the course of 2022 He's never been a good play caller. He's never even really been a play caller, except for when he got to Minnesota. Oh, Washington is, for a um, year. Yeah, Kirk's I'm worst year. That, but. Well, hey, Kirk's yeah, worst game, great. we actually won. But Great. Um, Kevin O'Connell can barely process basic information, let alone out-scheme NFL, you know. I think, coach. if anything, maybe his assembly of staff is part of the problem, too, because that's uber important and if he's the one calling plays like he can't do everything and every head coach should know that i i mean Blo brian flores was a good hire i'm very suspect about almost every offensive coach 
uh, I mean, Keenan we still Mercardo have Keenan Mercardo. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one he's I give awesome. the benefit of the But he's not too. Kevin O'Connell's guy. Wes Phillips, don't know what he does. Uh, It'd be I, nice to get a... a the a O-line should be playing much better. Actually, they haven't been bad, to be honest, but... No, they have. Like, if there are metrics that say that the Vikings' offensive line is decent, you can just throw well, those Well, the Vikings' it's offensive terrible. line is decent. I think Kirk Cousins makes them look worse. And I think... <laughs> Like it's it's a it's a give and take for sure. I, 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 I agree with that occasionally. Kirk's Kirk's pocket presence. Kirk has, has looked really bad in the pocket this year, worse than past years. And Kirk I, has been you have to admit, or strip fumbled by his own teammates on two separate occasions this year alone, multiple occasions last year. Well, yeah, Ed Ingram I mean, sucks. We Ed, know Ingram, that. Ed Ingram is the weak spot. He only gave up one pressure actually on uh this past week, granted, it was the worst timed one with uh, Kirk getting ran. Yeah, it is insane, though, that he caused a fumble literally single handedly. <laughs> and I mean, turnovers have been a problem. It's like the identity of this team, to be honest. And we, well, we won a game with two terrible interceptions from Kirk Cousins. I think as long as everyone's really nice to each other in the building, none of that matters because the love that the team has for each other will supersede everything. I mean, I think. I love that Santana just brought up an insight be, joke that no one's going to understand. Well, I mean, if you've looked at this team and the press conferences, you know. No, no, I know, but I, I, I'm not sure if most people are really watching it's, the it's press It's a direct quote. It's a direct quote from it the, is a direct quote, Retriever yes. himself, Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> I have to say, something that we I've have been... for each other will supersede everything outside. It, it will not, Kevin. It will not. <laughs> I've attributed a lot of success from last year. What most people would call as luck and i think it is lucky but i think the fact that they were able to hang in games they should have lost was you know like the the fighting spirit so to speak i know it's like corny and probably it was not the, the case situational so mastery as they called it yeah well it was the players wanting to win right and i have not seen that this year and i think that's the difference in the majority of one score games obviously you're not going to win every one score game without a ton of luck like we did last year but I don't really see that this year. The same thing I saw last year, which is it's very much a regression. It's very much a regression to the mean in terms of luck. And this but, game wasn't that they just beat a team. They have more talent than that. The Panthers oh, have yeah. flaws and, where the Vikings are good. Carter said it last week. Their O-line sucks. We got a ton of pressures. Harrison Smith had a career game. game. Yeah, it was game. Awesome. yeah. And, you know, Brian and that Flores, doesn't happen unless they suck. Yeah. And Brian Flores, if there's one thing he likes to do, it's blitz. So you knew they were going to get after Bryce Young. There were some wild formations on the defense last week. And that was that was like a redeeming quality of that game. Yeah. I mean, if there is one thing we could say that was positive and uh, granted, despite the win, there weren't many positives. It was the defense kept the Panthers offense out of the end zone. Yeah. Um, Santana, let me ask you this. And I know I'm like asking for a a story, but what are your feelings like on Kirk Cousins? Just because I don't know. Oh yeah, so I I was I began my um, foray into Vikings Twitter about a year ago as a certified Kirk hater. Um, I hated him. I hated everything he stood for, and I was very vocal <laughs> about that. Um, and then I watched the games last year, and I watched them very closely. And you know, I was like, you know, Kirk's really balling out, especially when you are a Vikings fan. And I, I'll be honest, I wanted them to lose every game last year because I did not want their bad process to be rewarded. I did not want them to hire two idiots and then luck into wins, which is exactly what happened. So I wanted them to realize these guys are driving us into the ground, Quasi and KOC, and lose games so that they would not have the clout to continue in their positions. So I well, wanted the Vikings to lose. And when you want them to lose and Kirk Cousins is just balling out and 
saving their ass every week, winning games, you really realize how good he is. And he was excellent. I have. And again, it's kind of the opposite this year. Kirk's worst game is the one they won. Well, I will say good week one through three. And then this week he just was not. I I don't think it's a it's a far statement to say he was just very bad this week. It was one of the worst games I've seen, like of memory. Besides, um, it was the that the three really interception bad game against Falcons the Colts. Game. That game, the Colts had three was, interceptions too. I think the Falcons game, he had three picks. The Eagles game last year, it was one of his worst. I think it was probably the worst performance he's put up in a win ever. Um, I will say to Santana's point, I don't root for my team to lose, and that's just like a different fan's perspective. I totally, I actually totally get why you would want the team to tank or bottom out after a long time of middling. But also, um, um, I don't hate Kirk. I just think it's insane that the front office refuses to build around him in the sense that he needs a really strong O-line to really play well. He's kind of a statue in the pocket. More specifically, he has legs. He refuses to use them. I don't know why. I love seeing him roll out and stuff. But either the play calling or he doesn't trust himself doing that. Whatever is going on affects that. But more specifically, you need a strong interior offensive line, which we, and we that's what had. we don't have. And yeah. I don't know why it's not addressed because the draft picks we have. Well, no, they've, they've addressed working. it. They've addressed it with draft picks, but they're not. You can gonna... address it all you want with draft picks. If you don't hit on those picks, exactly. and especially with the guy you're building around um, to elevate him, then it's a waste. It's a waste of assets. Exactly. It's just, but, you, again, uh, you can go out and get a guy like Isaac Samalu. Or someone like that who's a proven commodity and bring them in, but instead they've chose not to do that. And I guess they've done that with Reisner, but he is also Again, past he's his not prime. started. He hasn't played and a he single hasn't game. Yeah. He hasn't played a single snap, not even just game. And you got him maybe two months too late into the season. And I, I'm re- I'm still going to root for the team, but I'm reluctant to say that, you know, this game turns around the season. I know that's obvious to us, but you have Fairweather fans or casual fans and people that will say, oh, they're back in the season. Um, yeah, people probably on not. have already said they're back. I mean, if they do some bullshit like they did last year, anything's possible, but that's not happening again. But I'm still going to root for them, especially if they're not going to commit to the tank. I'll, I'll root for the four wins they get this season or whatever it is. I don't care at this point. It's just like, you know, it's like sunk cost fallacy. It, it's not worth worth worrying about what's already happened in a sense. But yeah, um. I mean, the Vikings did win, so we don't doom and gloom until, you know, until we look at next week, probably. Um, But there wasn't fumbling problems. Madison looked pretty much like the same old Madison, but Cam Akers kind of put a spark in the offense. Like, who expected that? Did you guys expect him to, like, do anything at all? Santana, you can hit that first. Yeah, no, I did. I I like Cam Akers. I think he's a good running back. Um, By far, a top three Quasi move, which tells you something about... That's uh. I would say that's a hot take, but I guess he hasn't made any moves worth commending yet, <laughs> to be honest. So. It, is, it is it is kind of undisputable. Um, it's like Flores, Z, and this. <laughs> yeah. And Z kind of gets written off. Uh, cutting of Dalvin Cook. That was a good move. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to give Quasi credit for something that was obvious that any GM in the league would have done, you know? I think if you have a loyal coach or a GM, like I think – you know, half the league we, sticks we've with seen Rick's, Yeah, we've seen Rick Spielman keep Xavier Rose for a couple of years too long. Yeah, so. I think it's possible. I think there's a world where a lot of teams would have kept Elvin Cook and paid him, you know, $10 million or maybe not that much, but no, they would have bargained it down to like seven or six, which is still inherently way too much. 
but I don't know. I think given the market that we saw for Dalvin, which there wasn't really one at all, um, he's, he's still got like four million. I think people get paid because they are loyal. It's kind of crazy, and I that's why I love when the team's able to move on. I mean, Adam Thielen still has some juice in the tank. Wasn't worth the price tag, in my opinion. I'm sure there's debate for that now that he has had a couple of good games with the Panthers and Addison's kind of nowhere to be found, but I don't think that's Addison's fault. I think that's the coaching staff's fault. Although he had that one sus play where he I don't know Jefferson. what Addison was doing. He just, he, he's like a traffic cone. He doesn't block anything. Yet. Yeah. But I don't know. Again, he's, he probably, he, a rookie. he probably would have had a touchdown on the Kirk underthrow if Kirk throws yeah. that ball about four or five yards ahead of him instead of throwing it behind him. And he does well to work back and get the uh, PI call. Yeah, that was a good play given the weird circumstances of him being double covered and Kirk throwing the ball short. Was he drawing a PI? I don't know what was happening. No, not even not even double covered. He had burned both his men. If Kirk throw it puts it ahead of him, that's a touchdown. That's true. If Kirk had placed it if he I had thrown it about five well. yards ahead instead of five I mean that would have been a crazy throw, but yeah. Yeah. If he had he's done it before, so um, how about Harrison Smith? That's like an all-career game. I think he just fits with Brian, Brian Flores really well. I keep saying Brian. I'm combining Flores and Brian. But, Preet, did you think that Harrison Smith still had it in him? Uh, no, I've been pretty critical of him so far this season, <laughs> say he's been coasting. But this is probably, I think, the best game I've seen from him in two or three years. Uh, Brian Flores is using him a lot like he used Javon Holland in Miami where he's at the line in the box. Just He's he's kind of ever, he's a jack of all trades and it's, you know, it's not sustainable because I also think there's probably Harrison Smith's last year in Minnesota or even just in the NFL in general. His contract is up. His contract is up. It. Yes, it is. He renegotiated just for one year. Okay. But uh, it's, it's good, but also it comes against a very weak opponent. Harrison Smith, yeah. even... Of veteran players, veteran quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers are talked about how good and uh, smart savvy he is for a rookie quarterback like Bryce Young to be going up against that. He never stood a chance. Um, It seems like you have divisive takes. Do you think he belongs in the Hall of Fame, uh, Santana? Harry? Uh, sure. Yeah, no, I think Harry's had a great career. Um, I'm not too well versed. On the numbers the are kind of crazy. Hall of Fame criteria for safeties, but um, basically my, he's surpassed Paul Amalu. Yeah, I do. I except do think for all pros, except for statistically, all pros. not yeah. uh, let's let's start statistically instead of objective objectively in there. Yeah, I mean, no, I think I think yeah. that he's he's deserving. He's had a great career. I just want to get some positivity out of you. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, no. I mean, look, I'd I'd be positive if, if no. You seem on you seem unbiased for the most part, or at least like for your observances. Um, I do have just a general question, and I guess yeah. the obvious answer is KOC sucks. But mm-hmm. how is this offense still sputtering? Like, the defense played marketably better than the uh, offense did last week, for example. And it's it had happened last year a lot, too. Like, you know, maybe the opening drive they'd score. That's not happening this year. But last year, that would happen week in and week out. And then they'd sputter right before half. And then they'd come out and score. And then they'd sputter. And that's where those one-score games kept coming from. But it just, it just so happens last year, they scored at the end of every game and won. But... Uh, how is this even possible? Why is Kevin O'Connell like terrible at um, opening drives? He was good at them last year. Like I don't get. Well, it. he had a good opening drive this week. It That's just kind of got all negated. He was kind of hammering the run again, though, which I don't hate. I, I kind of hate it to be honest. I think it sets a... the it 
it seems weird, but I think even if you run in, in the NFL, you force the run five times in a row, the defense has to respect the run game, even just a percentage more, just a Again, fraction. More. You have Alexander Madison as a fiat that you're run you're driving a fiat when you have a Ferrari and Justin Jefferson on the outside. Like I, I understand, you know, you have to yeah. run occasionally. But have but... you noticed like Justin Jefferson doesn't get those targets until the offense starts rolling? It's kind of weird. No, yeah, they. But uh, this week, they I think they made a uh, the first play. I called back. They made a very concerted uh, concerted effort to get him the ball early and often. It just Kirk was not at his best, and you could tell with Jefferson, uh, it really affected him. The only really great play that they had together was the uh, was the free play he drew, where he just throws at Jefferson's back shoulder in the end zone. Yeah, and I mean, can we all agree that the first interception from Kirk was 100% his fault? Yes. No, absolutely not. Uh, KJ's <laughs> KJ's fault then, I'm assuming? It was Quasi's fault. <laughs> no, hear me out. It was Quasi's fault. What did Quasi do on the first day of free agency? Oh, God, not this again. What did he do? He signed Josh Oliver to, what, 20-some million dollars? Josh Oliver's the number one rated tight end in the NFL right now. Per PFF. Great. Great. So he's looked pretty good. Again, that's where we can he he hasn't. Um his blocking's been great. It has his his run blocking. His run blocking has been great. His pass blocking is not. His run blocking has been great for a team that's unable to run the ball except when teams are basically begging us to do it on the first drives and daring us to do it. And Kevin O'Connell starts spamming it. Otherwise, we're unable to run the ball. Secondly, uh, Josh Oliver is responsible for that interception and by, you know, association Quasey, because that's who he brought in to be a blocking tight end, even though we just gave up historic resources for a tight end who people told me was really good at blocking and TJ Hawkinson. So we get Josh Oliver in here and we're like, well, you know what? No one's ever heard of him and he's useless in the passing game, but he's an elite blocker. Hmm. So then how come the thing we paid him to do, he can't do well enough without getting a holding penalty that turns a touchdown into a pick six. So you think that because Kirk was under pressure, he threw a pick six? No, he did. no he's I talking think about the holding have... flag uh, like three plays before that negated yeah. a touchdown. Jefferson had a touchdown on that drive. Josh Oliver, the guy we paid, I don't know, 240% of his value to come in and block well, couldn't do that without getting a hold. So I blame Quasi and I blame Josh Oliver for that interception because we had a touchdown. And I mean, if we were our... if we were the Chiefs, that wouldn't have been called, to be fair. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so let's maybe just we can get Chiefs. like maybe we can get like Megan the Stallion to start dating. Like I was just going to say, oh, Justin Jefferson single, you know. Ooh, yeah. What's a what's another like industry plant we can hook up? Well, with? Well, Lizzo does have a new man on the Minnesota Vikings, so I think Lizzo's out. I'm going to say I'm going yeah, just because of the because of the Ice recent Spice. accusations. We, Ice, we need Spice. Ice Spice universally loved. Yes, uh, of course. Yeah, no. I in the hood, and Brian Matt, and Matt. In the hood, she's like Princess Diana. What? What part of in the hood? I'm like Princess Diana. Did you not? Understand? If there's anyone talking about the hood that I trust, it's Preacher. Thank you. My mom grew up on the South Side of Chicago. Fun story. Um, um, I Spice and Brian are heel generations. Brian, oh, actually, this brings up an interesting topic of who do you who? What Vikings player do you ship with? What athlete? Or what, not athlete, what celebrity? I could not care less, but you go hey. tweet about it. And I'll I'll like your tweets and, you know. And that's why you're a you true out. friend, baby. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to add about this Panthers win other than it kind of derails our chances at committing to a fully tank. Although, 
besides it was the, the Bears, worst possible. the Panthers are the weakest team we play this year. Again, so, it was the worst possible outcome on every single thing. Just I mean, we if we're going to win, if we're this bad of a team, which I don't believe we are, but if we are, we're going to beat the Panthers and the Bears once. No, just because, just because, Matt, think about it. We played our worst possible game. And we unconvincingly beat a Panthers team. Our defense played very well, and I think that's again, because against, the Panthers against suck. possibly, yeah, against possibly yeah. the worst offense in the league. And a rookie quarterback. If they had played Andy see, Dalton, they beat us. Vikings football might have been saved. If they played Andy Dalton, we'd be on for right now. Um, exactly. yeah, I, I could see that. Like, also, Bryce Young had a chance. He had Adam Thielen wide open on third and goal. He just didn't pull the trigger. Like, it would have been a touchdown. The bust. Uh, I, I love Bryce too much. To see I mean, he's in three. He's played four games. You can't call him a bust. Three. Three. I, three. Against Seattle. Yeah, he's out one. You know who else has played four games who I can call a bust? Lewisine. Yes, sir. Has Ooh. he played three games? Uh, He's gotten Gatorade for people for three straight games. <laughs> I don't know if he's played. Special teams. We're too early to judge, guys. We're not sure yet. Can you develop? We're not sure yet. You know, you KJ Osborne could be good. Hurt, though, like if he's a role player in five years, yeah, bust. Like I get what you're saying. No, no, no I, 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 he, I think, he, I think, he, I think he lost his uh, excuse. With Theo Jackson, is yeah. I, I mean, I'm not years. fully against that idea. There's a zero percent chance Lewis Seen is in the NFL in five years. There's a zero percent. I'd say there's a zero percent chance he's in the NFL in two years. I mean, if he never, if he never like moves onto a new team. And is playing the backup role. I mean, our safety depth is okay. There's a zero percent chance he's a starter. Sense. Yeah, no, I no, agree no, with that. No, like he he's gonna be if if he didn't have the like first round tag of a first round pick, which Quasi like you know slapped on him, he wouldn't be on the roster right now. Uh, he would have still been a second round pick at worst, probably. He'd be. On I mean, you're saying not- a lot of things like we shouldn't pay these people or like we should cut these people, but I mean, what else are you gonna do? Like, there's not well, no, a third-string safety you replace him with. I'm just saying he's there solely because of the draft capital spent on him. He is, like, if it were judged purely on merit and based on his play, he would have been cut the first wave cuts. Yeah, I guess if he was drafted, if, if he was a... If it was a straight mer- if it was a straight meritocracy, he wouldn't be on the team. But again, possible. this is the stuff that runs the, the team. It's not, you know, what we should do. But it's not yeah, the again, the team. it's the pride of Quincy, it's optics. the pride of Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, it's no, optics. I think there is really a weird pride trusting your guys running through like the yeah. in with your that is unnecessary. No, that's it's it's office. been in the no, it's been in every single fr- like Rick Spielman kept Laquan Treadwell along for wholly too long. Like it's not just this. It, it's there are a lot of front offices just like oh we drafted this guy we need to continue to give him every single chance possible. And when Theo Jackson's playing above you, it's it's probably over. Theo Jackson. Well, one I was like, who is this guy? And then the first game time I really saw of him was just letting up a huge, huge throw like week two. I want to say week two. Yep. Devonte Adams goes on, or not Devonte Adams. Devonte Smith goes on his head. On That's right. Yeah, and pitch. then he gets an interception like a drive later. So uh, I'm no, conflicted yeah, yeah, in his limited later, time. Yeah. Again, if he's playing above you, yikes! That's a that's a pretty big indictment on not just uh. Not just Lewis Seen, but also Jay Ward, who was drafted in the fourth round as a safety. Um, but hey, I don't know. I albeit being a really boring game the first half, the last quarter was kind of exciting to watch as a fan who put the let's tank perspective out of the window for 15 minutes. The That's only I time I truly game, got excited during that game was the Jefferson back shoulder touchdown. Nothing. Else I mean, I'm just surprised it wasn't a primetime game based on these lineups I've been seeing <laughs> on the schedule in the NFL this year. Oh, God. Yeah. And we're about to play the Broncos on Thursday night, right? 
Yeah, was that? yeah, that's in December. Yeah, we play the Bears first on Monday night. So that's you know maybe we'll beat the Broncos too. There might be four games we could win this year. Um, let's talk about just play the ourselves game. out of Drake May as well. <laughs> that would be even worse. I'm sure Santana wouldn't be surprised. Let's talk about this Chiefs game. I mean, we don't have to get into it deep. We'll see what's going to happen. I don't think there will be any surprises. I guess I guess what we're really looking for is Taylor Swift going to be in the stands, right? 100%. That's like 100%. the story of the game for us. I'm not sure. I'm not, I, I'm starting to think that this relationship might be an industry plant thing based on how much they're starting to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. I thought it was real at first. I mean, but, uh... even if they are like dating or whatever, 90% of what we've seen in the media is, you know, fake. Yeah, so. and also like Byron Murphy coming out. I think the NFL just <laughs> was like, so hey, dumb. Byron, you got to Byron, say something. Byron's not that guy, dude. He has not been great. <laughs> he gave up 185 yards in his coverage uh, two weeks ago. And that's like, what Byron. Cardinals fans were saying. And I'm like, well, he's, I love your tweet. Body. I love your tweet when you said he's as mid as advertised. That was exactly. beautiful. That's the best way I could think about it. But I mean, I'm hesitant to do this. Should we just do like score predictions and then break it down? Well, I, I, had a, I had a couple of reasons why I was going to tell you guys this is the perfect multi-score loss game for the Vikings. And, uh, you know, it's there's a lot of things. Uh, granted, number one, it's on CBS at 425. We all know how well Kirk Cousins does when the game's not at 1 p.m. Uh, new also, nightmare will not strike. A new nightmare will not strike. Uh, also, I mean, just... You know, do you guys know who's uh, uh, calling the game? By the way, for, for CBS, is it Romo? Romo and Nance, and in non-garbage time, and uh, non-garbage. If you don't count garbage time, the Vikings have been outscored 127 to six. A real stat, by the way, when Romo and Nance officially or announce our games. Let's go. So this is the mul- This is the perfect storm for us to get blown out. I'm gonna say. 31 to 14. Travis Kelsey goes for like 175. We see more stupid, cringy edits of like Byron Murphy as the bad guy. They might have like, they might have Swifties by the end of this week might have Byron Murphy's head on like Jake Gyllenhaal or uh, fucking John Mayer's body. Harrison Smith is going to hit Travis Kelsey and it's going to look, you know, like a typical Harrison Smith beastly tackle. He's going to get called a headhunter in the media. Because yeah, Swifty, Swifty fans are going to see that. Swifty fans will be calling Harrison Smith a dirty player. Something like that's going to happen for sure. And the tweets direct the DMs directed to Madison plus that are just going to end Vikings fans in the social oh, media forever. Dude, it's uh, they Swifty should be glad Andrew Sandejo is no longer on this team because Andrew Sandejo would one thousand percent. Sandejo is basically head. the Travis Kelsey of tight ends. They're both that frat oh, guy energy. Yes, safeties. Uh, no, because Travis Kelsey has talent. I just meant personality, but oh, valid. White guys want to uh, be black. Thanks for adding that, Santana. <laughs> let's do this. We do a guess uh, in our prediction segment. The guests have a record as well. They are so far one and zero. So I just ask you to give a score prediction. We just kind of do that to keep you know each other honest, but then kind of what you think it might look like. You know, if it's gonna be forty to zero, what's it gonna look like? Uh, I'll say thirty-eight seventeen. Yeah, not too far from my prediction. What do you think it's going to look like, though? Any wild predictions? Oh, it, it, I mean, it, I, I kind of agree with what you said, Preet. This is the Kelsey breakout. This is the get-right game for Mahomes. Just beat up on some kindergartners. <laughs> get, you know, run up the score a little bit. Get that championship swagger back. Pat Mahomes is the best football player to ever touch the football. Tom Brady would disagree, but okay. 
It's going to be a bloodbath. It, it's going to be mean, a bloodbath, partially because we can't get any pressure unless we blitz. And Patrick yeah. Mahomes is going to pick apart man coverage like it's nothing. Like he's going, it's going to legitimate. Like I would not be surprised if we see. Is Chad Henney still their backup, or did he retire? I was going to say uh, Blaine Gabbert. We, 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 will see, we will see Blaine Gabbert before the fourth quarter. The Vikings defense has not played Patrick Mahomes in the regular season yet. He Never. still has tomorrow. Today's Tuesday. He still has Wednesday when this show comes out to get hurt in practice. I bet Matt, Matt, don't put that on. Don't put that out in the world. No, I'm just saying I, I would love to see Patrick Mahomes lighted up at the U.S. Bank Stadium, but we haven't had the pleasure. If, if I'm going to watch us lose, might as well be against one of the greatest. Here's players. the thing. If we if we lose. I at least hope Daniel Hunter gets like three sacks so he can be worth like a second or a first at the deadline. That would be that'd be best case scenario. I, it, literally, if Blaine Gabbert played the whole game, we'd still lose. Uh, I'm not mm, certain about if, that. If it was Chad Henney or who was if it was Chad Henney or Matt Moore. Yes, we'd yeah, lose. Matt yeah. Moore. They'd I, mean, Matt, I don't think Blaine Gabbert. Before. Matt Moore. Matt Moore. We went to KC. They, I mean, they beat the brakes off us. That was a much better. They, they beat us by, I think, one score. It was really uh, close, actually. It was. But it was we it should was not have lost game. to him starting. Again, Laquan time. Treadwell was our leading receiver that game. And our wide receiver, two was CJ Ham in like terms of yardage, which should tell you all you need to know when Stefan Diggs was on the field as well. No surprise, he's gone. Um, I guess all Carter's out. I'm assuming he'll pick the Chiefs. Uh, I can text him. him. I, I, I don't think you need to text him. I, hey, um, you never. I'm gonna give him every single chance to lose this prediction segment. I'm gonna text. I'm him. gonna say my prediction will be 34-27, but I think it's gonna be the Vikings doing your typical KOC comeback in garbage time, which led to a lot of wins last year, but not this year. So they're gonna get some points on the board, but it's not gonna be till late in the fourth. When you know the Chiefs already took the gas off the brakes, we might just pad Jefferson's stat. We might just pad Jefferson's. Oh, I would love that. That's I'd all I want too. this year. Just give Justin Jefferson every record ever. Give him two K, baby. Get him. 2K. Give him some touchdowns. Let's let's go to the let's get a, that number up a the little. The triple bit. crown. Yeah, that'd be fucking sick. Yep, that's what I'm rooting for. Just best wide receiver of all time in the books. You know, the Vikings can own two of the top three. Let's go. Uh, on that note. Yeah, I think that went well. I mean, I, I there's not much to talk about the Chiefs game, to be honest, other than they've looked a little shaky, but I don't think that's going to keep up, especially not Again, against our defense. They've looked shaky. We've If they've looked shaky, we've looked like a third world nation. They haven't looked shaky, but they've looked great. beatable, which is new for them. Again, we look like if they look shaky, we look like a third world country that's been hit by an earthquake. Like, it, it it's not going to look too good on Sunday. Uh, in honor of Carter being gone. For no actual serious reason, would you introduce Super Gremlin for him? Yeah, for sure. Well, Super Gremlin of the Week is our segment that uh, was coined by Antonio Brown when he stormed out of MetLife Stadium, calling himself a Super Gremlin. It's just our chance to really address anything that happened this week that's silly or goofy or funny. And with that, should I go first, Matt? Or do you want to you get, your, get yours first? I'll go first? Okay, my Super Gremlin of the Week is Jerry Judy. So the Broncos were losing pretty badly to the bears for a okay, while. This is and, actually uh, super funny. Yeah. Yeah. Philip Lindsay, a Bronco, former Broncos running back and current XFL running back tweeted out hey, who notoriously didn't get a second contract from any team tweeted out, uh, where are all the receivers at all that money out there for y'all to be no shows. And the Broncos came back in the game and won. And Jerry Judy afterwards said, glad you got to watch the game from the crib fam. 100 emoji, which is just, Jerry Judy doesn't have a lot of great catches, but that is a great catch. And I love Jerry Judy so much for that. I also just, I was kind of rooting for the Broncos to go winless because 
I hate Sean Payton and I hate Russell Wilson. And I think it's so funny they can lose together. But I'm happy they beat the Bears after that. Crush their dreams in the one game that Justin Fields looks promising. For that, he could be a super gremlin, but I won't do it. The coaches could be, that is. Because that was okay. dreadful decision making yeah. down the stretch. Is that your super gremlin, Matt? No, I just wanted to add on to yours because oh, okay. I like it. Well, what's yours, Matt? Um, mine is Ed Donatel, and you might be asking why is it Ed Donatel in the year of 2023? I well, you were gonna it's go because with the other one. no, I'm not doing that. Uh, you can, no, you can't. I'm not, actually. I'm not I won't doing let that. You. I just no, I'm submitting Ed Donatel for convincing the Giants to pay Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones is who we all thought he was, and I think it's kind of a terrible thing that he's making um Dable look like a bad coach in return. Because Dable is fun to root for, I will say. I don't like the Giants, and I don't like Daniel Jones. And, you know, with Saquon Barkley out, Daniel Jones has no redeeming factors other than his legs on, like, four plays a game. Like, I don't... It's really funny, because Micah Parsons tweeted out, like, a video of him getting blitzed and saying, you know, Daniel Jones isn't the problem, which is, I think, his way of saying, please keep this dumbass around for longer. <laughs> I'd love to sack him some more. Yeah, if only the uh, front office would listen to Micah Parsons. Yeah, you never the know. Cowboys in competition forever. Uh, Santana, if you are ready or have a submission, why don't you go ahead and add your super gremlin to the uh, to the conversation? Yeah, there's a lot of bad coaches in the NFL. We got an epic matchup between two of them uh, with the Chargers and the Raiders playing each other this past Sunday. Second straight week, Brandon Staley has gone for it on fourth and short instead of punting the ball and giving the other team, I don't know, a minute and spare change to get a touchdown. This yeah. time, you know, being scared of KOC and Kirk Cousins is one thing. Being scared of Aiden O'Connell is quite another. Um, hey, don't don't diss Evo's guy like that. Um, and for the second week in a row, they were not penalized for this dumb decision. Uh, meanwhile, you have Josh McDaniels, who's – throwing four times on the four-yard line when they need to burn clock anyway, and their best chance of getting the end zone is Josh Jacobs. I thought he was a good offensive mind. Josh McDaniels? Uh, it appears he's not. Um, I think he was a good offensive mind. <laughs> um, Again, probably. Brady Tax. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like, you know, his first stint with the Broncos was kind of interesting. He was a good OC, but um, I don't know. He is... Um, utterly incompetent and one of <laughs> watching those two guys outdoel each other with bad decision after bad decision, just trying their best to let the other team take the game was highly entertaining. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, as a Vikings fan myself, I love watching disaster games because it reminds me of, you know, so close to home and the chargers and the Vikings definitely have like a little bond of they're the Vikings completely throwing everything good momentum wise they have going for them. They're they the have Vikings a miraculous way of doing it. They get a they get a great we get a great Justin. They get a great Justin. Ooh. They fail in the playoffs. We fail in the playoffs. Yep. They get a golden retriever. Uh, yep. They hire McVay a terrible disciple. Sean McVay disciple. We hire a terrible Sean McVay disciple. We're really just the same, just kind of flipped around a little bit. I mean, the saving grace maybe in the wide scheme of downtrodden factors especially since there's no way our front office as a minnesota viking fan fires the gm and head coach after two or three years even if they're terrible we're stuck with them for a while uh zach taylor took some time to not be awful so no he's still, he's still awful <laughs> i mean he won a super bowl i don't think you'd say he's awful zach taylor I, when, when was that 
Oh, Zach I mean, they played in a Super Bowl. Bowl. My bad. <laughs> He's um, been to two AFC championships in three years, I guess. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, you can't I mean, call him off. Brad, Brad Childress almost won a Super Bowl, too, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. Brad yeah, And Childress. if you're able to let Brett Favre, you know, coordinate the offense, and that's good head coaching, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't run the offense. I know nobody ran Brett. That offense was fuck it. Brett. That's what Brett I'm saying. Let Brett dude. do what he does. Yeah, just let the players or let the again, coordinators that's do. That's why. Again, his ego let him get in the. His ego got in the way the next season, and that is part of the reason why that next season was so bad. I mean, yeah. If you're a head he cut coach Randy ever, Moss was... after a game, that was still so fucking surreal. Well, he was that's really crazy. rude to a caterer. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's only it's only your it's only your franchise's greatest receiver ever. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be mad at Kevin O'Connell for being a yes man, you have to be mad at Brad Childers for cutting our greatest player in our history for. Oh, I I am. No, <laughs> no, he's being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Oh, okay. I'm aware. That's just um, crazy. Right, so, so Matt, I, I I gotta we gotta get back to we gotta come full circle here. So you you, you agree with the, the 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 golden retriever KOC bark bark? Yep, good right, boy. Right. Understood on that one. Agreed. I think that's um, the most transparent and bark, obvious. Bark, good boy is incredible, by the way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you watch one press conference, even if oh, oh, some sort of, if you have some oh, sort of offensive talent, that's 100% the case. No, KOC's a really good boy. Um, but give me real quick your pushback on um, on Hawk and on KOC, or on Quasi. On Quasi? I just, I think he's in the weird situation where he still has time to prove his weird wall street style i know that gets thrown around all the time and i don't think it's a one-to-one comparison but his weird like the first draft was definitely terrible and i think it's their weird getting cute attitude like oh we traded back for our guy it's like they were trying to be dan campbell this year's draft same thing as campbell drafting guys he likes but maybe reaching or you know in positions that don't have the value of first round or second round asset so i think there's time for him to correct his ways is kind of what I was getting at. And like how much of it's also Kevin O'Connell, you know, in the draft room, they're really like one, a one B. Well, Kevin uh, O'Connell talked him into the only good pick he's made, which Santana will break that we can break down another time. Yeah. Yeah. No, K- K- KOC kind of usurped Quasi when Quasi wanted to trade back in this most recent draft at the Addison pick. But, um, you know, Qu- Quasi made the worst trade in modern NFL history with 12 for 32 and 34. And then also giving up our second rounder in the process to draft three players, none of which are remotely useful. Um, Have you ever heard of like giving people time? And I know in the NFL, yeah. that's a hard ask, but like that is the reality of it because we're stuck with him for here's kind of how I, I it's like I gave him time, you know, like, like, all right, so let's just say he just made the worst trade in NFL history and messed up an entire draft. Let's say that was the only thing he did. But no, he's actually lost every single trade. He's lost. Um, every single transaction he continues to display no awareness of what things are worth in the modern nfl he is um a literal con man and my response to like oh give him time it's like if someone walked up to you on the street and stabbed you would you wait till you bled out to decide if it was a good stab or not or would you go to the hospital what constitutes a good stab like if you bleed out is it a good stab or like if you know the real questions i feel like that's i feel like we need to constitute what a good stab is first but I don't think there is a good stab. That's kind of my point. <laughs> a stab's a stab. It's a gut wound. <laughs> you are going to die. I mean, I can say body. Kevin O'Connell's a golden retriever and not hate him as a coach. And I can also say that K- uh, Quasi is 
made big mistakes and probably doesn't deserve to be a GM, but that's still up in the air. It's, but it's like, it's not, it's like definitive proof, definitively proven at this point. He has failed spectacularly at every single aspect of the job at trading, at drafting, at player evaluation, at contracts. And even at like, even when he traded 12, he was begging Brad Holmes on the phone. It's on video. If you do want to give him more time, you just have to be honest with yourself. That's pure blind faith and based on nothing that he's displayed as a general manager. I mean, I think it's kind of the thing, like if he's business minded, maybe there's some assets to be gained from that. But so far, it hasn't paid off. And I don't know if that's really where he's at. That's like the theory, I think, behind the hire. Kind of like how Mike Mayock was out of the out of the uh, sites hire NFL.com former NFL. And that didn't work out at all. Right. So. But I don't know. Can you move on from the GM and not the head coach at this point with these? This yeah, office? You, you, you could. Does, okay, does the ownership like, like do that is what I'm asking. Probably not. No, they won't because they run they run a country club. They're not interested in anything other than like keeping everyone happy. I mean, the, the truth is, AOC and Quasi got hired because they're tall, good looking guys who really fit the optics that the team wanted to establish after the toxicity and the monstrosity that was Mike Zimmer. You know, we're, we're casting a CW show here. We're not trying to win football games. Who would you have preferred they hire? Oh, I would have literally preferred. So I would like hook some electrons up to a pop tart, and I would have let that um, been a GM before I would like Quasi anywhere near the building. I wouldn't um, mind no, like I would McDaniel. Oh uh, yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, Jim Harbaugh would have been awesome. I don't know if I'm sold on that. I kind of wanted it when it was in the hype, but Mr. Potato Head would be perfectly fine because say what you will about Mr. Potato Head, but he can't actually trade twelve. For 32 so you know what was the other thing that you said in the beginning that we just oh that tj hawkinson is utterly useless oh well he's one of the top tight ends in the league so i won't really have to argue about that with that one um he can have a couple drops and still be a very good tight end no i mean it's nothing to do with his drops i mean it's just like you know i guess like what did you think of adam thielen last year do you think he was really good I thought he was fine. I thought he played his role well. I don't think he was a world, you know, all-class wide receiver at the end of the day because he's aging out and slowing down a little bit. But teach your hands. Yeah, like, but you were, were you like, we should, like, probably move on from this? Or were you like, let's yeah, extend him? Yeah, I thought he was making too much money, and I was fine, you know, rolling the dice on what we had. Now I know Osborne sucks, but I thought he had maybe potential to be a wide receiver two or three. Well, I was fine um, moving on from Adam Thielen 100%. Yeah, real quick, Adam Thielen as a secondary pass catcher on the Vikings last year was far more productive than TJ Hawkinson as a secondary pass catcher on the Vikings last year, which if you want to tell me the difference between tight end and receiver, I would agree with you. But I would also say if one is worth a two, a three, and the most money ever given to his position and the other is useless and should be getting out of town, their production should not be basically identical as the secondary pass catcher in a good offense. Well, Hawkinson has age for him. You have to consider that. He's younger. You want to he keep him younger. around longer. He wasn't making yeah, that much no. last year, which is a fact. They traded for him, sure. Uh, I think you... he continue to get eight yards a catch and 50 yards a game, just like 15 to 17 other tight ends in the league who are, frankly, better than him. Well, there's not 15 tight ends better than him, but They're even if you say there are five at most, um, yeah, he's still getting most... stats. He's surpassing Kelsey in almost every stat. George Kittle, he's playing better than right Kelsey now. He missed a game per game. They're nowhere close, and Kelsey hasn't even played well. Literally, Tyler Higby is who. Okay, if Kelsey hasn't played Hawkinson. well, then why is it terrible that Hawkinson hasn't had amazing games? 
um, because we paid him $70 million and gave up a two and a three for him. Okay, and so he what, does, he what was their option at tight end is kind of the problem here. Go with any other tight end who's going to give you 85% of what Hawkinson can do for a fraction of the cost. You don't think Justin Jefferson being double covered and Hawkinson having to be covered on the field is beneficial to the team? Hawkinson does not go downfield at all. He basically catches slants and drag routes that I imagine any other tight end could do. Like if you it had sounds Tyler like Higby a coaching team, problem then. It is a coaching problem, but whether it's KOC's fault or Hawkinson's fault, the results are same. Well, that's fine. I don't think uh, either. The fans he was have a very plated view of this man, and I feel a responsibility to get the truth out. Well, no better platform <laughs> to do it on. The, the truth has been has been in front of us the whole time. He, he's been in the NFL for five years. He's actually way better as a lion than he was as a Viking. I know everyone gets excited about those big games he had against the New York Giants who couldn't defend tight ends. Check his other games. Maybe you'll start to see the the Tyler Higby unless the, the, the second best tight end in the league. Well, at that, we addressed all your three-year introduction. Well, that was actually kind of fun coming back to that. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was good. Um, but yeah, it was nice to have you on. I think we'll end it here since we're going 45 minutes. That's usually our cutoff. But uh, if you have anything else other than just throwing your Twitter out again, that's fine. And we'll let Preet say his terrible outro after you're done. Yeah, no, um, you can actually, like, I don't even want followers. Please go follow Brevman Bain at Brevman Bain on Twitter. That's the homie. He's my, um, yeah, no, him and I have an undeniable bond that can never be broken. And if you peruse his page long enough, you'll find me. Another shout out for Brev two weeks in a row. That's a record for guests. And I was going to say, uh, you've just completed your voyage on the love boat. Peace out. <laughs>